0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Appliance 101, where we talk about everything and anything appliance related. My name is Pat Polingo from Yale Appliance, and with me today is our CEO, Steve Shykov. We're live in our Boston showroom. We'll be talking about dishwashers and appliances that people should never buy when considering their project. If you're new here and just starting out, I suggest you start at the beginning because so we're going to touch on topics we've discussed previously. With that out of the way, let's get started. <music> okay this time we're talking about dishwashers uh there's a number of different factors that go into you choosing a dishwasher sure uh the first one maybe not the most obvious one that one that people consider most is the sound level
1: quietness yeah definitely
0: so i want to talk about um Explain how quietness is measured for dishwashers, sure. and then sure. boy, what goes into making a decision there?
1: First of all, quiet, quietness was never an issue until we opened our kitchens up to our living rooms. Now, you know, having a dishwasher running while you're trying to watch TV and the dishwasher's over 50 decibels, the two don't quite go together. Um, so that's 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 become the recent trend since like. You know, we call it the great room, the mixing of uh, kitchen and living room since like 1995. And Bosch was the first to come up with a quiet dishwasher in, in the early 90s. But really what you need is what's measured is quietness. And we had one of our guys take a sound uh, a sound barometer to dishwashers. It's 44 decibels or less is fine. And I think people understand that now. A lot of people do. 44, 45 is okay. Um what the people make the mistake of is buying super quiet dishwashers at thirty nine, thirty eight, spending a thousand dollars more when forty four is sufficient. That said, there are now a couple of thirty nine decibel dishwashers that are relatively affordable. They're certainly worth exploring, but really, when you go dishwasher shopping, forty four decibels is 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 uh,
0: is fine. Really, we say that a lot. Don't don't. Pick a dishwasher just based on that decibel level.
1: Don't overbuy the, the quietness. That said, Beko and KitchenAid have 39 decibel, which is noiseless dishwashers under $1,000.
0: So next up is dishwasher sizing. Sure. This is somewhat of an easy one for customers because there's a standard size for dishwashers. Yeah. It,
1: one of the things that's come through this webinar, will you talk about refrigeration, dishwashers, Really, any other appliance? They follow cabinets, so it's impo- almost impossible to get a dishwasher wrong height with ADA. Maybe an exception, but um, in terms of width, it's either eighteen or twenty-four. There's no such thing as a twenty-two-inch dishwasher. You can't get that wrong from that aspect of it. Only height, really, uh, and that's with ADA, and that's very infrequent. Yeah, so it's twenty-four inches
0: unless you need that. 18 yeah, eighteen or, or twenty-four. ADA. Twenty-four
1: is ninety-eight percent of the sales.
0: Next, let's talk about the, uh, the interior of the dishwasher. Sure. the tub, there's, there's uh plastic is an option or stainless steel. You want to talk about that? Well, there's,
1: there's three so, options. There's plastic, which holds water just fine. There's hybrid style Samsung and, and Bosch, which is a combination of plastic and stainless for whatever reason to keep the price lower. But most of the better dishwashers now are stainless and the benefit to a stainless other than manufacturer putting features on it is, um, it's um, a solid surface. So germs can't get into like little pores like they will in plastic. And it's not such a big deal. You you wash it out in a citric acid compound in the plastic to reduce the odors. Like we used to tell people to use Tang that's still around or whether I'm dating myself, but with stainless, you don't have any of those, uh, those issues.
0: So let's talk about um, dishwasher cycles. Yep. There's a core set of cycles that basically all dishwashers have. And then Talk about what you get and maybe some upgraded.
1: Sure. When you talk about cycles, really the ones that people use is a a pot scrubber. It's a normal, it's a light, um, a heated or non-heated dry option, maybe. Um, And there's all kinds of econo cycles that shorten the cycle. But really, when you talk about a dishwasher, it's how many times it rinses and washes and pre-washes. A pot scrubber will have more rinses and more washes at more time. Than say a normal cycle, which eliminates some rinses and add a wash, a rinse, and a dry, and, and that's really what you get. True specialty cycles. If that was your next question, are um, you, you know becco has got the um, has um, got the uh, the scrubber on the bottom, which is just um, because most dishwashers um, they don't they they don't have like a they have a gentle cycle, which is really more rinsing than washing um they don't have like a true power wash beko's got that bottom fin which is um which has got a, a pow- which is a concentrated spray miele has some of those uh, samsung has that uh, flex wash um and some of the other models do but in terms of that really what you want is something that'll get that that'll get rid of your um heavily heavily soiled pans lightly soiled pans light wash that won't ruin your china couple different dry cycles is really what you need. And a lot of people, a lot of, you know, the, the, the meal is the, the KitchenAid, certainly Beko is another one that you know, will add a lot more to that Bosch is another one as well.
0: Yeah. Do you mention drying? Uh, let's, let's dive into the different types of drying available and explain the, the differences there.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, what the old Americans do and, and still do is, is they, um, they add heat Right. It's a heated dry. So it adds heat. Uh, I'm not sure how effective that is because the dishwasher is already hot. So it adds more conventional heat to a, a, a dishwashing process. What a lot of new ones are doing is um, is is doing um, clean air, which is basically adding a port below KitchenAid does it. Uh, Mila does it. Um, and what they do is they add outside air into the side of the dishwasher. Now, here's how it works. You know the steamy air of the, of the inside of the dishwasher goes to the colder side, dissipates um, as water. And a lot of and Miele made that famous. KitchenAid's done that on their on their new series of dishwashers. Mm-hmm. And then you have Crystal Dry. Crystal Dry is uh, zeolite. Um, I wouldn't. I I didn't believe it when it when it first came out. It's a volcanic element that adds heat and absorbs moisture, and it really works. It's probably the best, but you're only going to get that on, you know, the upper Bosch's at like $1,300. Bosch, Thermador has it on their Star Dry, but Thermador is a Bosch dishwasher. But but that's a really interesting way to dry your dishes is the Zeolite. But really anything, you know, it's basically time and, and heat and some, and then it's kind of the additional air on – some of the other ones, and then zeolites uh, on the best ones to dry. Cool,
0: thanks. So next up is uh, the racking. So dishwasher racks. There's lots of different options available. Um, silverware racks, cutlery racks, etc. You want to describe what the layout looks like?
1: Well, basically, you know, it's. all the dishwasher you can buy is 24-inch. So inside, if you take a look at it, dishwasher racks can only do certain things. Now, certain racks have become more interesting over time, more innovative. Um, Typically, what you want in a dishwasher, if you you take a look at what you actually put in it, you're putting a dinner plate and a wine glass. So typically what you want is an adjustable top rack. Easy. Um, What a lot of companies have done has put a third rack up top for silverware, and I think it's really smart. You say you, you have more available space down below for plates, and you move the um, and you move the uh, uh, silverware up top where it doesn't use any space for wine glasses. Say so the original formula of dinner plates, wine glasses, silverware. You have more space for dinner plates. It's smart. What KitchenAid has done and some of the you know what Meal has done is it made Their rack, like adjustable, it flips up and down, side to side. They're probably the most adjustable. What KitchenAid did with their new series is they slanted it down to give you more available for plates. And they added a level of spray from the rack itself. So now you get four levels of wash. And the the one thing that you got to really be mindful of, putting a silverware rack on the top, you should have some sort of, there, there should be some sort of washing action on the top to get to the silverware, which isn't always the case. Um, and that's really it. When you look at racks, it's basic. And then you have more adjustable. And then you have the third rack. And then, you know, you have that KitchenAid, all, everything rack on the, on their fourth level.
0: So we've kind of laid out what to consider for a dishwasher. Let's talk about kind of some price ranges, like entry level, what you're going to get, what's the price range.
1: You know, typically, um, well... Everything's changed now um, because less people are making less expensive dishwashers. Uh, you know, dishwashers are another product that's been critically unavailable over the last year. I mean, Wash has made a dishwasher below $1,000, and most people buy dishwashers under $1,000. So if you look at, like, you know, your basic dishwasher for $500, you're getting basic cycles, maybe you're getting a plastic tub towards the $500, you're getting a metal tub. When you get to the $700, you're getting more cycles, maybe a third rack up top. Um, eight, $900, you're getting, you're getting um, better sound. You know, you're getting to that 44 decibels. Um, you're getting the third rack up top, more cycles. And then when you go over $1,000, you're getting more features, um, more specialty features. You know, Zeolite's at $1,300, but you can get a good Miele and Beko at and $8.99 for Beko, $9.99 for KitchenAid, 39 dB. Uh, that'll give you all the cycles you need um, and good quietness.
0: And then we touched on this in the last episode. Um, manufacturer rebates can affect dishwashers, where some you can actually get a free dishwasher as part yeah, of promotions. Free is
1: always good. Um, you know, there's a couple of things um, uh, you're going to get with when you buy a Gen Air package or a Thermador package or maybe some of the other packages that, you know, for manufacturers don't carry like a Viking or maybe a decor, you are going to get a free dishwasher, which is always a good thing. The only problem is what the free dishwashers are. They're real basic. You know, it's kind of, they say it's $1,300, but if you're really to buy it as a feature package, it's really about $700. So what a lot of people do is they take that and they, and they upgrade it and spend $300 for a dishwasher they really want.
0: Any uh, so any final notes on dishwashers to wrap it up?
1: Yeah, really, you want to buy the features that you use. And really, you know, in tough times, what we always say in blog articles is really look at the features, and then look at the brands. Because if you're going to go out and buy a dishwasher at say a thousand dollars and you want it to be washed, you're not going to be able to get it. So can KitchenAid, Beko, maybe Miele? Would that be a good choice? There's a lot of good dishwashers. Look at reliability. We publish those in posts, and then look at. Uh, and then look at features. One other one other uh, side note, if you're panelizing a dishwasher, make sure it's European. Um, I love American dishwashers. I love KitchenAid. I think it's a great brand. We sell a lot of it. But it's going to stick out. And when it sticks out, um, you know, a couple inches, you're going to realize it's a dishwasher with a panel on it rather than just a seamless panel that looks like a cabinet. So those are two suggestions. Is um, If you're panelizing by, by European, um, if you're buying... Um, You know, look at the features you really need um, as far as a dishwasher concern, and then look at the brand. Great. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Okay. Next up, we're going to talk about appliances you should never buy. This Mm -hmm. is something we've talked about a lot. We're not going to go through our whole list right now. We have videos and and articles on this, which we can link to in the description. We just want to sum up uh, some of the most egregious offenders maybe. Um, or products the popular products that, you, that get talked about a lot. Yeah. So, okay. first one um, we talk about is dual fuel ranges.
1: Okay, uh, we talk about dual fuel ranges. Um, really, we're talking about thirty inch. When you get into thirty six, you know, you know, you get grills, griddles, and there's maybe there's some reason. But the whole idea behind a dual fuel thirty inch range is you get the speed of a of, of a uh, in the response of gas with the drier heat of an electric oven. Makes perfectly sense. You get the best of both worlds, except it makes no sense because if you wanted the fastest, you get that range in induction, and you get induction ranges. Now, in certain parts of the area, you got to be mindful of electrical spice because um, because induction is susceptible to that. So you're playing electrical accordingly, but it's a much better top than gas in every way, in terms of venting, in terms of uh, you know child safety. You know, I have a four year old. She can't turn it. She couldn't turn it on if we bought it, right? Um, she can't turn it on because it's metal sensing. It's got much faster to boil and it's got an infinite simmer. So, everything about cooking is better with induction. Okay. But then you get to talk about, you know, I, I mentioned my mother in, in, in an article and, and she loves to broil and she loves to roast. She had world famous pot roast. Um, and, and she loved to, you know, she loved to broil things to a nice shoe leather kind of texture. But you can't do that on an electric range. Um, electric is better for baking. And what a lot of people, you know, they walk in appliance stores and say, I want the best range available. They get sold to dual fuel only to find out you can't really broil with an electric boiler effectively. I mean, you can, but it's not effective. In roasting, it is not as good because electric is a drier heat. It's better for baking. If you're going to roast, you want a moisture heat and that's gas. So there's no reason for anybody to buy unless they have electrical problems in their area. To buy a dual fuel thirty inch range, and it is market is the best thing for everybody, and it's just it's just not the case.
0: So next up, um, air fry, uh, air fry specifically in in anything in in ranges. Yeah,
1: air fry doesn't work, um, and how could it? You know, um, it's touted as the next best feature. You know, I go to you're familiar with B Goods. You have them in your area. Mm-hmm. I go to Big Goods all my time. You know, try to get my my kid try to sneak her into eating a healthier French fry. Um, and they 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 were the first ones with air frying in Boston. And their air fryers are about one to one and a half cubic feet. And they're specially designed. The way air fry is supposed to work is high speed convection. Um, and even then you got to tell them extra crispy. So you got to put it on two different cycles. So you're taking that and you're putting it into a regular range, which is a regular convection cycle in a five cubic foot oven. So it's really not possible to deliver that high speed heat like you would in a smaller type. You know, the countertop air fryers probably work. I think they do work. Um, but in a five cubic foot oven, the technology isn't there. I mean, I think that when, I think they'll figure it out um, with maybe a combination of a boiler, perhaps the element of, a, of the heat from the boiler with the speed of the convection. But right now, it's it's not a feature per se that you
0: should buy right now at all because it doesn't work. Next one is uh, black stainless steel products. We've I can't believe
1: we're still talking about black stainless steel. Um, we did a video on that like four years ago, showing put a fork, and we're able to easily breach a uh, a black stainless steel. I, I, I put it on the list because so many companies are offering black stainless steel packages, which is just it's 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 like basically an oxide coating which is a polite word for like a thin piece of tape that looks black and you're putting on an appliance now if it's so easily breached and there is no way to actually repair that breach so you're going to be looking at a constellation of like stainless undercoating for as long as you own that thing it's it, you know the the simple solution would be to to have the company send you a door but it's a cosmetic issue so it's not covered in a warranty so really the the the, the What you should be doing is just not buying it. Unless you can keep it, like, unless you live in a museum or never at your refrigerator, then I guess it's okay. But the other thing to do is there's all sorts of things that we've covered in kitchen trends with colors and accents that can make your kitchen unique without having to buy a finish like black steel.
0: One downside is if black stainless steel isn't around by the time you want to replace uh, one or more of those products... You
1: get you're going to have a black stainless piece with the stainless you probably should apply it eventually anyway.
0: So next up is a uh, combination washers and dryers, all-in-one washer and dryer. Talk about why, how that ends up on this list.
1: Because I, I want it to work so badly, even for myself or for anybody else. Imagine putting on a cycle um, that um, that that washes and dries, without so you having to like get up, what did it wash? And if you leave, you know, if you leave clothes too much and too long in the wash, you're to rewash them. It's just so much easier to have it all done in one machine. And there's so much new tech like the Apple engineers um, have redesigned one and it has not been successful to date. Warp was a new one. LG has made a stock and trade, but the, they have one problem is they can't remove the lint from the wash cycle. Well, there's one problem is the drying takes too long because most of the time it's 110. 110 is like putting a hair dryer to close, it doesn't work. But you know, if you're putting on in the middle of the night, you know, do you really care? And my answer to that is probably not. But the big thing is what happens is, and we tested the latest ones, you can't remove the lint from the wash cycle, so it stays in the machine. So it's only a matter of time, it's like a ticking time bomb. Sooner or later, all that lint is just gonna cause the machine to 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 uh, to seize up and you're gonna need to buy another one.
0: So last one for today, um, back to ventilation, popular topic is is downdraft vents. How does that end up here?
1: It's simple because downdrafts don't work either. And there's no reason to buy a downdraft in a new construction application, none, right? Um, If we go over a hot event, and we'll go briefly, it's CFM, the cubic foot per minute of the motor, and and downdrafts surprisingly you get a 1200 CFM downdraft which is a lot but the the one that that people get the wrong the most is capture area like you could put a 2000 CFM motor in a downdraft it still won't work because if you look at if you really cook like if you don't cook anything works right but if you really cook and you get that steam from a a stir fryer or, or from a grill or a grill there's a lot to that so What happens is smoke's got to be captured, um, and then it gets filtered out. It doesn't just get sucked down, right? So if you look at an overhead hood, like if you look at a pro vent, right, all of them are 18 inches tall, and they're all at least 24, 27 inches deep. In a restaurant, they they cover, you know, an island, they cover the whole expanse of almost the whole kitchen. Um, And a downturn just gives you zero capture. It reverses gravity. Typically, what you want is you want the smoke to go up, Take the take, take where it's going and just move it up, right? And then you want good-sized ducting as well. Well, a downdraft has no capture area. You're reversing the flow of gravity. You're putting an elbow, and every elbow you put in to a duck run reduces the static flow. Um, so by the time it goes out, if you're really cooking, downdraft cannot work. Just can't. Um, now, a lot of people say, well, I want to put your you know stove in an island. I have no problem with that. Um, but the, the better way of doing it, the only way to do that is put an overhead vent. If you cannot do that, then typically the appliance that that gets disregarded the most, that you're actually at the most, that they're the most, is a sink. Put a sink in an island, an entertainment sink, like a, you know, like a galley sink if you need to, and put the venting on the wall where it belongs. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why in new construction, you should never, ever, ever buy a down roof.
0: So these are the most egregious ones that we talk about a lot. We're we have 12. We have a whole list, um, which we'll, too we'll have a link for. Uh, thanks, Steve. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to, for today's episode. We'll make sure to link our dishwasher buying guide and other resources in the show notes. Next week, we'll be discussing laundry and whether you should purchase appliances online or in store. As always, thanks for watching. And don't forget to subscribe for the next update. See you next time we